Hi, my name is Ivanya Easley. I'm the founder and CEO of Love E Fashion and Style by Love E, and this is the Closet Chronicles. This podcast is all about talking with different fashion professionals to share their journey, their story, and of course, to give you advice on what you can do if you are starting or growing or scaling your business. And today we have a special guest, and she is going to tell us all about her business and the name of her line and all of the things. So welcome, Amina. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Thank you, Ivanya. I am happy to be here. Uh, fun fact, this is my first uh, podcast, so um, this is just super exciting to me. Wow, awesome. <laughs> you know what? You're the second person that said um, they were a podcast virgin, so excited <laughs> to have you. I was like, oh, thanks. You did great. And like I said, it's just like having a conversation with uh, just a bunch of people listening at the same time. So welcome. I'm excited that um, I was able to be your first uh, podcast person. Now you have all the practice for the next interview that you get. But uh, of course, tell us the name, uh, your whole name, the name of your line. And then of course, tell us how did you get started? What inspired you to start your business? Sure. Well, um, my name is Amina Abdul Hakim. My business is Amina Abdul Design. um, And I also have another brand under that, which is called Amina Lingerie. Okay. Um, so I've been artistic pretty much my whole life. <laughs> uh, as a child, I really loved to draw. Um, but around the time when, you know, I got older, 18 and up, and trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life professionally, I never really thought about art that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I first went to school, I think I was, yeah, I was a biology major, actually. <laughs> so nothing really uh, fashion or art related at the time. Yeah. Um, I found out that that wasn't really for me. Um, it didn't really align with my personality. Um, I had the opportunity to go to L.A. Um, and that's when I discovered the fashion district out there. It really inspired me. Um, in all of my work, I was doing a lot of retail work. Um, and I was usually a stylist or sales associate. And I was hoping to go up the rack. And I would feel like, oh, my God, I just wish that this had, like, a pocket here. Or maybe it had, you know, some special type of hood here. Um, I mean, that wasn't really possible. <laughs> but that's just a mind that I had. Yes. Um, so working in retail and also being uh, in a more fashion environment right now in Atlanta, um, so like I said, LA at the time, I kind of just picked up on it. I got into fashion blogging, I started sketching, and I was like, you know what, this is something that's going to stick with me. Yes. Um, so when I finally returned, I decided that I was going to invest in my education and um, pursuing uh, my education in fashion design. But I always knew that I was going to start my own business. So I kind of went throughout the rest of my education with that mindset of, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to own my own brand. Um, yes. So that stuck with me. As to, and it was, it was very much a slow process throughout school, trying to build my own, my own business and not really having uh, mentorship. <laughs> there was a lot of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yes. Um, Atlanta is definitely a growing city, but we don't have the largest fashion community in comparison to some other cities here in the U.S. Yeah, or um, internationally. Yeah, so I kind of knew that to get where I wanted to go, I was going to have to be able to do whatever it takes in terms of building my own business. So um, I started out with doing um, alterations work when I graduated. Um, I was working for a law firm, and that's how I was getting all my business from. Um, So it was a slow buildup from there, and then I started doing uh, custom design work. And um, then I finally was able to open up my own office space that I turned into my studio where I was seeing clientele. And then COVID hit. <laughs> so after COVID hit, I didn't have so much of that business. Mm-hmm. But it gave me the opportunity to work on something or create something new that I always had an interest in but didn't necessarily, you know, take that leap. And that's how I developed um, Mina Lingerie, which is uh, loungewear that has the aesthetic of lingerie. Okay. And, uh, 
That's yeah, different. So yeah, so from there, I've just been continuously uh, juggling both brands. Um, but my business is in a space where I'm just continuously being able to push out creativity. Um, and I also started costume designing as well. So I'm the costume designer for the world of Coca-Cola, if you're familiar with that attraction uh, in Atlanta. So. Oh, I'm sorry, I can hear you. I said, um, you're a costume designer for World of Coke. Like, who do you dress, though? Oh, the uh, the performers and the characters. Ah, yeah, because you know, I've been to the World of Coke, and I was like, did they have performances when I went? Well, they do them at, uh, they have different sets. So it's like three times uh, a day. Sometimes they have, like, Christmas shows and things like that. Oh. And sometimes they're just walking around and interacting with guests. So, um, yeah, I'm actually their first costume designer. <laughs> so, wow. It's very new, yeah, it's very new for them. So what you've probably seen in the past, you will not be seeing anymore. Um, and I think my first round of costumes will hit the floor, um, I want to say April 1st. Well, congrats on that. <laughs> awesome. What are you dressed Amanda? I always just assumed they wore something like that said Coke and that was it. Uh, well, yes, in the past, um, okay. but also kind of like more uniform-based okay. um, designs they've had, like, you know, just kind of bulk order uniforms. Mm -hmm. This one, the first time they were like, you know, we actually want a designer to come in and design costume for us versus using, like you said, uniforms and coat shirts. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they're trying something new, and I think it's awesome, and it's giving me the opportunity to also be a little bit more lighthearted in my creativity, so... I feel like that was such a uh, such a mouthful, <laughs> but um, that I was really so neat. How did you even get, um, I guess, the opportunity to do that? Like, did they post that they were hiring a designer for Coca Cola? Actually, no. And you know, I thought we were going to be able to discuss this a little bit later. We can go right oh, into I'm it. I'm sorry. It's the, it's the connections that you make. <laughs> it's oh yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, so it was one of those um, opportunities where. Uh, a colleague, uh, a working professional that I knew, knew about this opportunity and knew about, you know, Coke, and they were looking for someone like myself, and someone knew someone like myself, and I was referred in, so yes. I love that. I love that. That is so cool, because I wouldn't have thought that Coke had a costume designer um, for actually anything, because like, yeah, like you said, I thought they just wore like Coke shirts, and that was mm -hmm. the extent of their uniform, for the people who had to actually wear a uniform, versus you know, the directors, executives, they just wear clothes. How neat is that? I like that. Thank you. That's a, a great opportunity to work with um, a major uh, international brand such as Coke. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's something that I, I never thought that I was going to be into costume design, um, but I'm one of those type of, like, you know, I feel like I'm a designer who I'm just like, hey, I can design just about anything. <laughs> yes, even if it's not for your ideal clientele or aesthetic. Right. If you can design, you can design. Just like if you can sew, you can sew. Yeah, correct. Just like that. Um, and I just know that I can infuse a little bit of myself in everything that I do. Um, that also comes from, um, you know, working with clientele as well. you got to give them, you know, what they want by also putting your, you know, your signature on it. Yeah. Um, same thing, but like you said, for a, a, a major corporation. Awesome. I mean, and that's also as an a independent entrepreneur just in general, to be able to do business B2B is always um, great because a lot of small businesses don't always get the opportunity to work with major corporations or just work with um, other businesses um, from that um, perspective. So awesome. So um, you, you know, have your line, you start designing COVID hit, 
all the things. What do you have coming up or what are your goals or some of your goals for this year for your, your line and your business? Yeah, so this year I definitely want to be able to pour a little bit more into uh, Mina Lingerie. Uh, that business I was able to develop, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, during the pandemic, you know, we had a little bit more free time on our hands. <laughs> but as soon as kind of, I would say, the world opened back up, so to speak, yeah. I got back onto my more service-based and, like I said, the tailoring, the alterations, and the custom design work. Um, so I feel like, you know, that, that's definitely a baby that's very near and dear to me, especially what that brand stands for, um, which is women's empowerment. Um, also, I just want to say, when I created that this brand, um, I had a lot of my clientele, base. it actually kind of broke my heart hearing this, and <laughs> um, I kind of surveyed some of my female clientele and asked, like, what would you, would you be interested in um, lingerie or loungewear or, like, what is something that you would like, like, what would you like to see in lingerie? And a lot of them were like, oh, well, girl, I don't have a man. I don't even know lingerie. What am I going to do with that? And I'm just like, oh, my God. They can wear it for themselves. Yes, you can wear it for yourself. So that's what led me to want to, like I said, create that lingerie aesthetic, but it had the ease and comfort of loungewear. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like a make it make sense situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but like I was saying, that brand is actually really near and dear to, to me, and that's something that is going to require a lot of time because it's still very fresh and new. Um, and that one, I definitely want to just further develop it. That's very, very high on my list of priorities. Um, also, to reach out or to reach out and work with some um, uh, just a wider variety of clientele. So that's also something that I want to do. Um, I really take pride in dressing the everyday woman mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, the power woman. Um, but, you know, I also want to, you know, open up that space to more artisans or, um, you know, actresses and more singers and, and just other people who are a little bit more in the limelight. Yeah. Um, so I think I also want to have some designs that are tailored to artists as well. Because I know I'm an artist and I want to be in the limelight. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, um, you know, cater to that clientele base as well. So, yeah, so answer your question again to extend my clientele base and to further develop um one of my brands that I feel needs a little bit more love awesome do you have any more like uh fashion shows or pop-up shops or any upcoming um events um well I am planned for definitely gearing up for a, a more private exclusive event <laughs> in the summertime um but I want to hold off on saying too many specific because it's still in the work okay. um but now, uh, my calendar is actually pretty open this year, so if you know of anyone or if anyone is interested in doing a type of art event you'd like me to be a part of, please let me know. Okay, definitely, definitely. And, of course, when we post this, if people uh, follow you, they can stay up to date when you do release the information about what you do have coming up or as stuff comes up um, on your calendar. So, yeah, I'll definitely keep that in mind as well. Um, it's funny that you uh, mentioned that I just sent out an opportunity to some vendors I know for the Atlanta Braves because they're doing something for Women's History Month. Ooh, okay. Do you have um, inventory on hand or you custom make everything? I would, well, typically I custom make everything. However, depending on what, you know, what the time frame is, I can do a small size run. Okay, because it's next week. And then, and then it, oh, next week. <laughs> they love to wait till the last minute for whatever reason. Um, but I have a relationship there. Okay. 
since I am a wardrobe stylist, I don't make any clothes. I just procure them from designers and boutiques. So okay. all of my relationships are with people that sell clothes or make clothes. So I normally mm-hmm. pass that opportunity to them whenever they reach out to me about vending. Okay, so I mean, depending on the setup, I don't know if that environment or if that works for anything custom made, but you know, it might. I, I mean, they was trying to convince me to vend, um, you know, and promote my services. I was like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I will share it with the people that have products because I think in those kind of scenarios. People um, want the instant gratification of some kind of product that they can see um, versus what I do as an experience. Uh, Yeah. But I think at least uh, they have a few slots left. Um, So we can discuss it more after the podcast. But I was going to say, if you have things to show, like samples and stuff, then that might still make people move to be like, oh, you know what? I do like this and I want to go ahead and place a deposit to get my own custom order versus like, oh, I just have some sketches and I'm interested. Uh, if you're interested in getting something made, let me know. So I think that could move people a little bit more. But like I said, what I do, I feel like it's not um, not as viable to me to do vending. No, I understand. And, you know, though, even just like what you said, I still felt that way, um, even, you know, for Fashion Row, because that was my yes. setup. I had yes. the um, samples out, and then I had the, the custom order form and things like that. And it actually did do well, um, but at first I kind of was like, well, why am I even doing this, you know? Yeah, but I think <laughs> having the samples or having something people can touch and feel to make them even want to get some custom or, I mean, I think it's all about how you put it together. But for me and my business, if you see a gazillion products around you, you're probably not going to be thinking about how I can hire somebody to go buy a product when it's probably right in your face. Versus the clientele I work with are the type of people that don't have time to go to pop-ups, hence why they hire a stylist. They're like executives in their C-suites, their directors. They're like, I don't have time to shop. So, of course, I'm going to pay somebody to go bring me amazing pieces from amazing designers. So, I don't feel like, for me, at pop-ups is as beneficial because I don't have anything physically to bring and if I do bring anything it's going to just be clothes from all the designers and vendors I have relationships with so at that point I'm just selling merchandise for them which is great but that's not what I want to do with my time (laughs) not at this point in the game I've been a wardrobe stylist for 13 years full time so I don't have to do that anymore but because I have experienced it that's why I'm like yeah I'm good on that I'd rather just go ahead and let those same vendors I would have took clothes from and so for them, tell them about the opportunity and they can just go and do it themselves. Makes sense. Um, and leave me on out of the situation. But um, <laughs> I will uh, share it with you after we get off. And if it's something you're interested in, you can definitely reach out and see. Because like I said, they do have a few spots left. And if you have the bandwidth time-wise to do it, since like I said, it's less than a week away. Uh, why they wait till the last minute every single time, I don't know. Because this is the <laughs> second time they've done it. But... As a designer and entrepreneur, what are, you know, maybe three things that you wish that you knew before you started your business, whether it be from the creative side or the business side? Hmm. What I wish I knew. I wish I, it's kind of one of those things where I kind of like, yes, I wish I knew, but then if I knew what I have even, you know, continued on to the path, I don't know. <laughs> So it's hard to say. I wish I knew it, but um, yeah. So I wish I knew how long it was going to take. <laughs> I wish I knew that 
Kind of. I mean, I knew it was going to be a process, but I feel like if someone said, you know, it, it's going to take about five, six, seven years or whatever, then there's going to be a pandemic where there would be like a freeze on your business. I wish I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's also like, you know, on the opposite end of that, it's a good thing that you don't because then you can more so like appreciate the process yes. and just like, you know, live in the moment versus waiting for your time to expire. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I kind of wish I just, but that's, you know, a little comical, but you don't really need to know how long it's going to take. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else did I wish I knew? Um, or even I, if it's not something you feel like uh, you wish you knew, but like, what have you learned thus far in this journey of like, you know, I've learned, you know, it's not just the creative, it's the business too, or I've learned more about listening to customers, like, what do you feel like you've learned is along the way as you're building your line and your company, or even if it's something related to the manufacturing or the fabric sourcing or all of the things? Yeah. So I definitely learned that you need to be very, very sure of yourself, your business, your goals, what you're setting out to do, your brand and what you stand for. Um, because if you leave that a little too open-ended, you have people either trying to, you know, put you in a box or in a category or maybe try to uh, approach you with even business matters or, you know, even less creative matters or things that, you know, you might find yourself in places you really don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're, uh, you know, a business owner, developing a brand or especially a fashion brand, um, a lot of time you're investing in. And, you know, as we all know, time is money. Yes. <laughs> time flies. Um, so you really don't want to invest your time in things that may not be good for you in the long run or just don't align with you. Yeah. And you got to be okay to say no to, you know, every opportunity is not an opportunity necessarily. That part. Exactly. That's exactly what I was just saying about the the opportunity in relation to me. Every opportunity is not for me, but it might be for others. And that's why I share. Right. Um, I've also learned to be resourceful. Um, Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, there's, and, and, and what helps me be resourceful is knowing like how far I came with, not even having half of the resources that I have now. And yeah. I was able to, um, and that actually is a motivates me. So I know that now there's really nothing that I can't do because I had less than half as much then it was making it work. Um, and just totally that, agree. Totally agree. Then another thing, uh, every, you know, sometimes a, a rejection is a redirection, something like that yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So when you're, when you're redirected, you know, use the resources that you have to, to follow that path. Like, don't be upset that you're redirected. That's what I mean. Don't be on pause. Yeah. You know, everybody can take a break here and there. Um, but, you know, kind of just stay the course. Yeah. Stay no, course. totally <laughs> agree. I mean, I would say, you know, what God has for you is for you, and it will always find you when the timing is right. And sometimes a no is not yet, not necessarily a no forever, just depending. But everything always is working out for the good. Totally I love that. Love that. And then um, what are some, I guess, maybe, um, and this is more maybe about the business side, because what I do find with creatives sometimes is not knowing how to monetize their business so that it can be a sustainable business. So what are some things that you have learned now being a, not only a designer, but a woman-owned business, an entrepreneur that has helped you grow your business or just have better systems or processes in your build business, whether that be like, oh, I utilize my calendar more or there are certain systems or programs that you use to help you run your business. 
Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure I, I got the question part of it. Um, so certain things that um, really helped me develop and grow, right? That's what you're asking. My business, like certain tools, resources that have helped yes. me. Um, organization is definitely huge. It's major, especially when you're not someone who can jump into running your own business and do that full time. Yeah, uh, it's been a while to even get to this point. So for years, all of the building stage, the you know first building block stage, I've had to work sometimes one, two, or three jobs, um, more than one full time. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say prioritizing your time, having a calendar, keeping calendar, sticking to it. Um, making sure that you're, you know, checking those things off, that's really, really going to help you. Because if you're one of those people who thinks you can just, you know, wake up and just go day by day, you can try that, but it just will not make you as efficient. Um, So into a a routine for sure. Um, Because having your own business, whether it be creative or not, um, your mental health is is huge. (laughs) Especially when you're dealing with adversity, which you definitely will. Most (laughs) definitely. Um, so being able to have a routine where you're exercising that time for yourself and to practice your faith, you know, whatever your faith may be, um, that's going to be important because that's going to help you continue because without, you know, having yourself solid within a, a, you know, routine for yourself and, and, and having that spirituality and mental aspect of your life nurtured, you're, you're going to have a really tough time. I most definitely agree. If entrepreneurship is anything else, it is definitely an activation in your faith Uh, because it's definitely like a roller coaster. You have your ups, your downs, your ebbs, your flows. And, you know, one minute you want to quit, next minute everything's great or a good deal, good client, something comes through. And being able to have the tenacity to just to see it all through. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. Last thing I will add on to that one. Um, and I would definitely say that this has been a struggle for me and especially, you know, some of my artist folks, yeah. um, do not take things personally <laughs> when you start running, you know, taking your craft and yeah. your hobby to being a business because we are, you know, it is so personal because it's hands-on work. Yes. Even yourself, I'm sure you can, you can identify as a stylist, you're using your hands and your creativity yeah. to do that work. Like, um, I love this dress. And the client was like, oh, it's just I Like, how is it just like, like, this dress is bomb. What are you talking about? So, yeah. Yes. yes. Um, but that's that's really going to gonna help you because there's so many other things, like I said, that you will be emotional over. Um, you have to understand that once you take your art to the masses or once you want to put that out in the world, everyone isn't, doesn't have to. It's going to be a fan. You're right. They're not. They're not. And you can't let it, you know, hold you back. You just got to you know, find your audience and, you know, hopefully give them what they want. So, yeah, uh, I think. And on top of that, even is thinking that all your friends and family are going to be the first to support you or support you at all. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Or some of them do. Some of them don't. But your friends and family, that's not who you have. to. You're going to build a successful business off of. Absolutely not. So, yeah, that, that those were all great um, tips for sure. What do you feel like is the biggest challenge as well as the biggest reward happening right now? Because I feel like there's always levels, like when you first start versus in the middle versus when you're trying to scale and grow uh, from B to C to B to B. It's just every level comes with its own set of rewards, but also its own set of challenges. So for me, um, the most challenging part is, you know, 
that you are, you know, that you're, if you are an independent business owner, um, especially if you're, you know, self-made or self-funded or anything, that's like, that is the challenging part <laughs> because, you know, you, you've made the investment and at the end of the day, whether you have employees or not, you can have employees today that could all leave you tomorrow, but you know that you cannot leave. You cannot walk out on yourself. You cannot give up on yourself. Yeah. So that can also be the most rewarding though. Yeah. Because you know, like, you know, this is mine. This is what I created. Like, yeah. no one can hire me for my own business. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, but I, it's challenging because you, you are, you know, you are your business. You, it's, it's going to take a swim based off what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, most definitely. Heavy is the head that wears a crown. That's on any level, um, I think. So for me, I can say, for example, I've had, um, and this happens, <laughs> unfortunately, still from time to time, they have a photo shoot planned and, you know, maybe a model doesn't show up or a makeup artist doesn't show up or hair, so if something happens, um, but we still have to use that time that we, you know, carved out. Hey, yes. Right, so it's, hey, having to say, well, then I'm going to jump in and have to fill in one of those spots. I don't get to just be the designer and sit on the sideline because for the sake of the result of this shoot, I have to, you know, get in where I fit in to get the results that I want. So that's just one small example, but you have to have that mentality that at the end of the day, it is going to be just you and you, yeah. you and your God, you and, you know, just however you want to put it. Yeah, so the show that, must go on and everything yeah. is figure outable. I was in that same position about two weeks ago. I had a big photo shoot, all these designers, all these models, and every makeup artist but one bailed out at the last minute. And it was like, we've just got to push through and make it work. And luckily, the hair person was like, I could do a little something with the makeup. I can step in and help out. But it was like, how about four makeup artists and only one showed up? And she showed up late. But it was like, we have to just keep it working because we've already rented this venue. We've already paid mm -hmm. these models. These designers is here. Like, we can't reschedule it. We're going to have to push it and figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that is... Uh, one of the chief jobs, I think, of being your own boss is figuring it out and putting out fires. Oh, yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, people are looking at you and what you do and what you produce. Yeah. You know, if you don't, if you don't deliver um, or meet your, you know, your clientele's expectations, they're not going to say, oh, well, you know, she could have had a bad day. Or, yeah. you know, maybe it's just, you know, maybe someone didn't show me. No, none of that matters. It's what you produce. Yeah. Um, and you got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get that product uh, of quality, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Or even when it's the assistant or somebody did something wrong, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, it's your business and people right. are not going to be like, oh, well, you know, I guess the assistant must have, no, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and no one cares about your business more than you do. That no. part, <laughs> exactly. So even when you have help, you still got to be on top of it. Don't care that they're not showing up for you. People do not care that, yes. you know, you work so hard to put X, Y, and Z together. Like, you know, yeah. you just, just be okay with that. And, you know, like you've been saying, you know, the show must go on. Be, be resilient. Yeah. You're not going to do anything. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, and then the last question before I let you go is what three books, movies, or podcasts would you recommend that you thought was helpful to you? And I say that just because everybody learns different. So some people might learn by watching movies. Some people might learn by listening. Some people might learn by reading. Luckily, I do all three, but 
I just say if you have something out of those three categories to recommend to the listeners, then please do. Let's do some podcasts. Um, so first, I'm going to say your podcast because now that I know about it, I need to tell people about it. So there Thank you go. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so there also, I, there's a well, it's part of the Steve Harvey Morning Show. It's okay. just his morning um, inspiration. Okay. It's like a podcast. Um, so I actually love to listen to those. I download them and kind of like put them on, you know, repeat and let them cycle over. Yes. Um, it's just, you know, just getting me prepared for my day by just putting myself in the right mindset. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of podcasts for that. There's a podcast. Um, I don't listen to this one too much anymore because they shifted their focus to more um, service-based businesses and I'm more product-based. Yeah. Um, but it's called the Strategy Hour Podcast. It's been, along, it's been around for a while. Um, but, uh, those two ladies, they have a marketing firm and they cover a lot of topics in terms of your business. And I actually listen to them a lot, um, during the time of lockdown during okay. COVID. Um, cause I got a lot of just a lot of knowledge. I mean, they share a lot of information. They give you that, like, you know, their numbers or financials, like they're very, very open and they're yeah. fun ladies to listen to. So I would recommend <laughs> movies. Oh my God. So... <laughs> So these may not necessarily be the most, you know, the most directly motivational films, <laughs> but they're just entertaining fashion things to me that I like. So I think everyone in fashion <laughs> watched The Devil Wears Prada. Yes, that's the number one. That's the fashion movie right there. I was watching that when I, before I was even thinking about being a designer. I was just, and my mom and I loved that movie together. So that's just, it's sentimental to me for a number of reasons. So I'm going to put that down. Okay. <laughs> Um, also, I don't know, have you seen, have you seen the Cruella movie? The live action Cruella. With the, the Dalmatians, right? Yes. Yes, no, her fashion was crazy too. Yes, I love that. And you know, they have like a thousand, hundred one Dalmatian movies. But yes. that one, I just, I really, really loved it. When they brought really, it to life. You're talking about that one, right? With the real people, real dogs, and the real fashion. Yes, but they have a few live action films. So this one probably can't be more than like three years old. Yes, I did see that one. I'm trying to remember the actress who played her, but I'm drawing a blank. Emma, maybe her name is Emma. I don't know, but um, oh Emma my god, Stone? I just, was it Emma Stone? It. Yes, Emma Stone. Yes, yes. okay. Uh huh. That one. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love how they did that one. So yeah, yeah. those are two movies. Um, let's see. In terms of books, um, it's it's more of a um. A um, where it's just kind of like a flip through from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, there's a book called The Power of Now. Um, okay. uh, it's, it's by Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that one is just like a good, like I said, more spiritual kind of lifestyle book. Um, has some teaching teachings in there about, like I said before, not taking things you know too personally and just kind of like you know living a healthy lifestyle and just how to. Um, just kind of how to like work within yourself to have yeah. a better relationship with others, like, you know, outside of yourself. Um, and it's just a very like an inspirational and empowering book that, you know, sits on the bookshelf. If I want to flip through it, I can, but um, yeah, I would say that. But out of all the books, movies, and podcasts, I think you should definitely find someone or an, an, um, a writer or um, a speaker who really can speak your language and that, you know, you can identify with. 
because you can hear, or at least I know I'm this way, I can hear something out of one person's mouth, but someone else can say it, <laughs> the same thing, but the delivery is different, and that's just what I respond to. Um, so I'll say do that. Oh, one more podcast, actually. The Business of Fashion podcast. That one. Okay. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I think you dropped some gems as far as what to listen to, as well as just your story and advice. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and tell the listeners all about you and your brand. Um, of course, I'm going to tag you when this goes live so that people can follow you, check out your designs, hopefully shop with you and get to know more about you as well as anything else you may have coming up for the year. Uh, again, thank you for taking the time. I have enjoyed chatting with you and getting to know you a little more. And I'd love to, of course, stay connected and stay in touch. Thank you so much for having me. It has been lovely. And yes, please let's uh, keep in touch. And I feel like we have some other things you can chat about as far as working together. Oh, so. yes, most definitely. It's <laughs> funny. I'm actually supposed to meet with Hope and Natasha this Friday for like a dinner meeting because we were talking about different ways to possibly collab and do some things together. But uh, yes, most definitely will. And have a wonderful rest of the day. Like I said, I will tag you when this goes live. And I have enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, all right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi. Thank you for listening and tuning in to Closet Chronicles. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you are interested in learning how to turn your own passions and creativities into profits and monetize your gifts and talents, I would love to help you. I have a business of style class that you can take in person if you're in Atlanta or virtually anywhere in the world. If you'd like more information, click the link at the end of each episode and you can find out information how to chat with me to learn how to grow and scale your business and not just let it be a hobby, but be able to actually build a thriving, sustainable business to support you and your family and your lifestyle doing what you love. I hope to chat with y'all soon. Take care. Bye-bye.